Hey guys, welcome back. BD Scare here. We're back P and Q and C and A and T. This is season six, episode three. The P and Q and C and A and T stands for podcasts and questions and comments and answers and talking. And the P at the beginning of this season is because this is now available in podcast format. So you can check it out in the description where if you do in fact check us out on our platform of your choice you will be able to find a bonus episode of more than an hour of content that you are only going to be able to get in podcast form but that's enough of a plug our plug for that platform yeah how exciting yeah it is cool <laughs> uh well that's enough of the p it's time to get to the q's and c's for our corresponding a's and t's so the first question comes from frolic fox or i guess this is more of a plea perhaps uh they say can you please make a tutorial video on how to hit 200 percent on point blank in the case of arkham origins deathstroke i know he's extremely powerful but after so many tries i couldn't hit 200 percent correctly i've been asking about this since a year hope you guys would post it sooner and i want to point out in the last video when we did the opening i keep on getting arkham origins deathstroke and deadshot mixed up and I think visually I won't when I look at them, but whenever I see the words, yeah, I get I can't keep them straight. So yeah, so every every guy in the eight hundred nth metal pack mm -hmm. is actually from multiplayer because it's mm. not Arkham Origins Deathstroke; it was Arkham Origins Deadshot. All right. That makes more sense. Yes. Um, so we've actually done the swipe, the rapid swipe, and we've done the tap for how to get 200% like our physical technique and we've actually we should probably link that in the in the description to explain how we relatively consistently I mean that's part of the reason why I like Wonder Woman so much look there's oh 196 almost 200% but it doesn't actually take very much effort to do the tap mm -hmm. the problem with hitting the uh, point blank because that's the slider right where you have to stop it in the middle with 200% uh, and you get all the the extra bonus, right? It's mm -hmm. crit, it's unblockable, and it's a pretty big spot. It's just inconsistent. Yeah, and it's not even so much that if I think if our device was better, we wouldn't have the trouble because it lags and it lags not consistently. Mm, that's true. Yeah, there's input lag. There's uh, just you know normal lag where it's slow. It is just it's impossible to kind of predict exactly how it's going to be moving it doesn't move in a consistent up and down line the way that and it, it should. doesn't respond to our touch the way mm -hmm. it should actually really mm -hmm. because when you know it i guess depending on the different temperature it might be like when we've been playing for a while and it's hot if you tap it yeah. then it'll before it responds it'll slide a little bit further and so there's not really any technique other than knowing your device mm -hmm. and i guess that that's sort of the point all right so here's here's tap 200 percent. that was relatively easy swipe it's you notice that there's a lot more touches than there are um, increases yeah. in the number, so that's where the lag comes in. And some I don't know why, but the tap seems to take less of the, I don't know the resources of the the device, mm -hmm. so I can get it every time. And when I first started playing the game, I hated every other mini game for the specials except for the sliding bar. Because yeah. even though I couldn't get, regularly get two hundred percent it took the least amount of effort, right? And this was when, mm -hmm. I, did I tell you the story when I was, when we first started doing the challenge reset and I had a free weekend and I ended up giving myself like... <laughs> like carpal tunnel or something like that? More like a repetitive strain injury. Yeah. Because of every special I was doing all the tapping and fighting and I loved the sliding special because mm -hmm. all it was was one tap. 
Yeah. It, now that I've played more and I, my arm has recovered, I actually prefer the tapping circle the most. Mm-hmm. Next is the thermometer style tapping, but I don't like as much because you, it doesn't stop, right? You have to just maintain it until the yeah. arbitrary point when it registers. Mm-hmm. And so the, the 200 target spot, the slider, and the swipe now are actually my least favorite. Oh, see, the other one that I don't like is the one where you just have to touch the circles because you can't get 200% on those, right? They fixed that. They fixed a lot. Of, oh, I, did they? I don't know if all of them or most of them, but they fixed them. So you can actually get 200% now. And actually, those are easiest, but they're so rare that it doesn't come into play. I mean, they're rare on the characters that I play and on the specials that I play. When I yeah, play that's characters. why I was... I didn't even realize they had fixed that. That's <laughs> There's some Catwoman, I think, second special. But for whenever I play Catwoman, mm. it's typically Arkham Knight Catwoman. And I want to do yeah. a first special because I want to stack the bleeds. Okay, well, then I, I stand corrected. Yeah, if you can do three special ones in a row, like yeah. like you could with, say, Aquaman, the bleed is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Our next question Sorry, comes from can John. I, can I interrupt? Sorry. I guess we didn't no. really answer the question. It's that we're probably not going to be doing one of those for the slider because there's no real technique. That's sort of the answer. Do it fast. Yeah. Right. Just know, just know your real device. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, our next question comes from Jonathan Hung. And they say, Hi, guys. Happy New Year. Glad to hear that Junior, that's me, has been doing well at school so far. Thanks for the multiple shout outs. I've done the Nth Metal Glitch a few times during some time when I didn't have internet access. It's really tedious, even with all three metal characters. Actual results 7th pack, 2nd, 17th, 7th. 20 plus packs, I stopped and didn't get a metal character. It's probably faster to actually play the Phantom Zone when available and to grind multiplayer for top 1% in good seasons. Best wishes to you guys for the new year. Uh, and I want to say thanks, Jonathan. Uh, great comment. I, I'm back at university again. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're back doing the remote connection with all the like little bits of extra work involved in that. And I'm actually on a different computer because my current one is being repaired. So this is this has been more difficult for a couple of reasons, but... <laughs> All right, so you say that, and it makes... I so For the viewers or the listeners, I, I keep a few notes about things I want to talk about. I mean, as you said that, it occurs to me, like, what drives me nuts is, all right, so your computer, the issue is the, the SATA cable off the motherboard mm-hmm. is yeah. damaged. And yeah, for people who don't know, motherboard to hard drive cable. Right, but here's the thing, desktop... It's all standardized. Laptop, it's mm-hmm. not. They're all sort of proprietary. And the, the delay now, it has to do with getting the part, which to me is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, because the, the actual damage is really obvious and the there's no like significant piece of hardware. It's literally just a cable, but it's costing more money than it should for just a cable, right, right. for an internal component cable. And it's taking more time than it should for something like that too, just because it's so kind of niche and specific that I, they, they can't like, you know, mass market uh, laptop SATA cables or even just like short SATA motherboard right. cables. Right. Um, and all right, so to get back to Jonathan Hung's point, thank you. Yeah, thanks for asking. And par- part of the point I think is that sometimes just because you can do a glitch doesn't mean you should, because I think his point is mm-hmm. well taken. That it probably takes, now that um, Nth Metal is available in multiplayer, it's harder to justify resetting the data on average, I'm think I'm guessing like six times because I, I I'm not maybe you know the math better than I do. Is that how the math works? Because if it's one out of every eleven packs, on average, will you mm-hmm. on average need to open six packs to get one? Is that how it works? If it's one out of every eleven, no, I don't think that is. 
right? Because one out of every 11 packs contains like any uh, like a, a specific metal character or one out of every 11 packs contains any one metal out character? of 11 takes one but let's assume like in jonathan's case we've got all three metal characters so every every uh 11th pack you're getting a metal character that you can sell but one out of 11 so it wouldn't take an sorry. average of it, it wouldn't take an average of six packs to get one actually it would take an average of 11 packs to get one if it's one out of 11 right no but so let's say one out of 11 it's the first one that's still one like, let's say you get on the first try. What do you, some you get on first try, some you get yeah. on the second pack, third pack, fourth pack, and it averages out. I guess it would be if for certain you get one out of 11, but on average, you're getting one out of every 11, I guess. I, see, I don't know how that, that works because... Yeah. No, because w- one of the things is that um, if you... For something like, uh, I, I think, I forget what the exact percent chance is, but it would be something like uh, probably only about like a 60% chance that you got a metal character in 11 packs. You think it's that low? Yeah, it's it's surprisingly low. It's uh, the way the numbers work out. So it's an, it averages out to 1 over 11 over a long period of time. Because if there's a 1 in 11 chance, you know, it's the same where if, if there's a 50%, right? If there's a 1 in 2 chance of um, when you're flipping a coin, right? Let's reduce the average down, right? If you're flipping right. a coin um, and there's a 1 in 2 chance, it doesn't mean on average there's about a two-thirds chance of a heads, you know? You can't like the the original fraction is exactly oh. what the chance is over a long probability. Okay, so really, it's it becomes the the chance that ten out of eleven that you don't get it, yeah. and it's ten out of eleven on the first one that you don't get it times ten out of eleven, and you keep on reducing it until it's it your chance on each one is mo- one minus that. Exactly. So it's good, but it's going to be more frequent than on average. It's going to take less than eleven flips or eleven. Packs. No, on average, it'll take exactly 11, isn't it? No, because, all right, so let's say you're flipping coin, it's one and two. Yeah. On average, it's not going to take you two flips to get it. Sometimes it'll take you two, sometimes no, but it'll take you longer. On, average it'll, take you on average, it'll take you exactly two flips. No, half the time, it'll take you one. Yeah, half the time, it'll take... You see what I mean? No, no, that's not true. Not ha- half of the... If you're counting from the first slip, half the time, it'll take you one. But some of the time, it'll take you 15. It's not that it takes you one or it takes you two, and half the time it takes you one. It's that sometimes it'll take you one, sometimes it'll take you three, sometimes it'll take you, you know, 15. The minimum number is one, right? But the, yeah. the average number of coin flips to get a given result is but two. half the time, 50% of the time it will be one. All right, so... 50% of the time. 50% of the time it's one, and the other fifty in the other half of cases all add up to things that are over one that average out to, um, you know... Yeah. Whatever the yeah, answer, like the the way that okay. the math works out, it is one in two. So do you trust it enough? One, uh, one in eleven. Do you chance. trust it enough, or should we ask a math major to chime in in the comments? Oh yeah, that's true. If anybody else knows, um, okay, so ten. I. <laughs> All right, so maybe we need to get back uh, to question because I think we're getting more sidetracked than we normally do. Um, yeah. So, so so the problem with playing the Phantom Zone is it's enough of a grind, even if you get the right task, but with the wrong task, it's actually painful. And the Phantom Zone isn't always there. And that's sort of the only reasoning why it might still be worth it. But my problem is the metal characters... I'm sorry, can I say sure. something yeah, yeah. really quick? I just ran the math. Um, if you open 11 packs, there should be an, a 64 or 65% chance, that you, a 64.9% chance that you get a metal character. Because 1 out of 11, so you do 10 out of 11 right. to the power of 11, and that gives you 1 minus answer. That gives you uh, 35%. So there's a 35% chance that you don't get it. 
and that means that there is a 65% chance that you do get it. So that's that's right. how that's how the math works out. So it's not even a 70% chance. Right. It's lower than you thought probably. Okay. All right, so that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, it, it is a lot of work yeah. to do it. I mean, but here's the thing. Metal characters are so hard to get anyways. They actually, it means that they're of less value to me. Mm. And they're not worth grinding for because, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things when the bar is set so high yeah. that I don't even want to try. Yeah, because there's so many copies that you need to actually get them elite up. Yeah, so, and, and they don't look that good. I mean, when I say they don't look at not From attractive, I mean, just yeah. that. Yeah, as playing, like, the passive is okay. It's interesting, but it's not that great. I mean, yeah, all right. So getting back to the original question, like, the meta part of the question, right? Mm -hmm. Where he referred to you as Junior, and we've been going by Abbott and Costello. Yeah, where I am Abbott. Okay, so in retrospect. Yes, and I am Costello. So in retrospect, it may seem funny now to have hidden the fact that we're a father and son team because maintaining our privacy didn't really require that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In real life. But maybe, so maybe if I take a step back, because here's the thing. I mean, when, when we started this, you were a lot younger. Yeah. And I was concerned that there is a certain toxicity to social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, YouTube is sort of... Um, it's a weird sort of extra performative social media. It's like you right. stripped away the artifice of, like, pretending you know the other person. Right. And we don't. I mean, a lot of times we don't, right? There's a lot yeah. of strangers coming in and taking a look and then wandering mm-hmm. off who never make a comment. We never know who they are. They don't subscribe. They don't do whatever, right? Yeah. But, I mean, the principle to me was that once you've done something, you can't take it back. Yeah. And I was unsure enough. I mean, you know, I, I'm a bit of an old fart. I, this is really all new to me, right? I mean, it's new to you too, but it's more yeah. you've grown up in it, right? Like that, where this sort of world exists. Yeah, it's new to you entirely, and it's, like, new to me, but familiar, like, tangentially. Right. So, it's that, you know, that principle, right? Like, that love is fleeting, but herpes and internet are forever? <laughs> I don't know. Or is is I, that I, not I how it goes? Never, is that not I've it? I've never heard that. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's it, because I don't know what you're trying to say. Like, you know, I, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I don't know if there's a saying that you're bastardizing here, because I don't know. I think I've, I think I've heard that. the internet one, and I think I've heard the herpes one. You know, it's like the one where you Separately. say, does the, the Pope poop in the woods? It's a it's a bastardization of, does a bear poop in the woods? And, and it's a Pope, Pope Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Right. Because all right, I've heard so that one. That's gonna be that's gonna be hard when it doesn't sync up after the edit, because <laughs> I said <laughs> it at the I said yeah. it at the same time on my side. Yeah. Um. So, I, it, you know, what it reminds me of there's um I don't know if you've read this. There was a little eight page comic that was done as as inside as an additional few pages in certain Vertigo books like years ago. But then they also mm. DC also released it as a separate sort of eight page handout. And it was there's a saying: life is a sexually transmitted disease that is invariably fatal. I've definitely heard that before. Yeah. All right. So what I was taking a look around when it made when I was thinking about how this stays forever and how mm-hmm. the connection to sexually transmitted diseases it made me think, oh, <laughs> Neil Gaiman and stuff. So this was because I have this somewhere. I should dig it up so you can read it. Um, it's attributed to Neil Gaiman, who you know we really like. He's a great writer. Yeah. But it's funny how when they quote stuff, it's not really Neil Gaiman saying that. It's one of his characters. Right. It was so, death. I mean, it is also Neil Gaiman saying that. Yeah, but you know. I mean, isn't it a bit of a, one of those cliches that 
the characters in a book are are extensions of the writer or a representation of the writer it gives him license to say that's what he true wants. it's it's his turn of phrase but it's not necessarily his perspective right and it might be because you know samuel was pretty cool and they were the whole uh group of the endless were rather sympathetic characters yeah so it's possible but all right so it was it was a quote from death it was a freebie mini comic that was drawn by dave mckeon who i also love who was who did that photo mosaic thing that we mentioned before and does a, mm. did all the covers for sandman and mm-hmm. it was about hiv and uh prevention so there was even like i remember there's a part where death was explaining how you put a condom but demonstrating on a banana oh my god that's a weird comic it was and it was pretty spectacular actually like that 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 they thought to do it it was just so out there and okay so and then it but did you i how prevalent is this now because you know a little bit about or you're more aware of stuff like this are there still conspiracy theorists that say that think hiv is not the cause of AIDS. I will not say that there aren't conspiracy theorists that think that because in the world that we live in, I wish it wasn't, but it seems almost unfathomable to me that like one person out there doesn't think pretty much any insane conspiracy theory, but I can say that I haven't heard of anybody having that specific conspiracy, if that is helpful. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, mm. and oh, I, I should point out too, right? I don't know how we're gonna maybe go a little bit longer because of it's funny how much people complain about multiplayer crashing but it doesn't Mm -hmm. usually for us when we're filming this but Mm -hmm. this time it did and Um, so i I mean i guess to sorry go ahead like sum up what you were saying i like basically whether or not you were sure that it was an okay piece of information to share which you know it is uh you were sure that you couldn't unsay it yeah. yeah, I can't take it back. And so, no so a little bit of uh, paranoia, I think, is it's not always necessary, but it sometimes is very useful. And I think it's it's valuable to to have a little bit. If you can't be certain of uh, what it is you can and can't say and do on the internet, it is good to be cautious. And I don't think anybody can be fully certain. Right, and I think one thing that people keep on asking, I think that uh, one bright line that we will not cross, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to show my face, my real-life face in this. Ooh, this is going to be a tough fight. This is the Red Sun Green Lantern team. Ooh, an Astro Harness. All right, so this is going to be a bit of a pain. Who knows? Maybe one day. I have already shown my face online, just not associated with this channel. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess there's still, I mean, there's lots of, I think, writers and stuff who make their living writing and whose presence on social media really matters. Yeah. You know, lots of writers that I follow on Twitter, that I read their blogs, I don't think we're getting there. I mean, the biggest problem is, I, I think, is that if my real life crosses over into this, yeah. it might actually give me issues. Like, I might actually have real problems. Yeah. And I don't mean to be mysterious about it, but I think you understand why, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, there's a couple funny examples where the internet lives forever is... Have you been following U.S. politics at all? A little bit. Okay, so I can never keep the the, the House and the Senate and whatever separate. Mm-hmm. But there's a, I think a senator from yeah. uh, New York, or is it a House representative? I don't know. Uh, I Alexandria don't know exactly. Ocasio Ocasio. I don't know how to pronounce her name because I only ever read it. Cortez. That's the profanity one, right? Where no, she's the one. No. She supported oh. the profanity one. Oh, okay, okay. But this is the one where they. Somebody released or dug up some video of her dancing when she yeah. was in college yeah. or Boston University. 
and it was some sort of um, trying to recreate listomania. And what people is were even putting, listomania? I don't know. It's some sort of thing. It was some musical thing that people were just doing videos trying to recreate scenes from the. It was a, a mashup of Breakfast Club and some song. Okay. And so people posting it were putting it up thinking this would somehow embarrass her and potentially it might have i mean it turns out that it actually makes her kind of seem approachable and cool and yeah. fun mm-hmm. but that you know if it's up on the internet people are going to dig it up and they're going to find it mm. and it's always is this in your real life context are you going to be happy if people find this about you and connect it to you so that wasn't nearly as tough as I thought it would be. That was less than a minute for that Red Sun Green Lantern team. That's a little all right, all right. And so then yeah. you've got other examples where, I mean, it, it seems almost like too easy, like the, the fruit is hanging a little bit too low. But Trump, when he says something or tweets something, and then oh, there yeah. is always, almost always something, there's always a tweet for it that contradicts him. Yeah. Himself. Uh, like he's actually saying the opposite of what he's saying now. You can talk about the controversy, too, with, like, James Gunn, uh, which I don't even want to comment on because I don't think I know enough about to have a fully formed opinion on. Okay, so James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, part one and part two. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he comes from, I think, a background where the kind of entertainment, the kind of humor that he was trying to get at was a little bit more in-your-face and confrontational and Mm -hmm. intentionally offensive. Mm -hmm. And he's changed. He doesn't do that anymore. He's acknowledged it. But then in retrospect, or not in retrospect, really, sorry, that when this was brought to the attention, because he's considered, what, a little bit of a liberal, right? I think, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So then there's, you know, a left wing, whatever that means in the States. He's considered left wing, although, you know, left wing in the States is still kind of right wing or conservative to Canadians, mm-hmm. right? But so somebody who did not like his political views um, brought to light brought to everybody's attention all the stuff that he used to say and like really just poor taste jokes right i think about pedophilia whatever Mm -hmm. and stuff that was available on the internet if you'd even wanted to make the effort to look but it was after that that disney fired him from the guardians of galaxy um property or their whatever you know what i mean like there's a word for Mm -hmm. it i'm not sure what it is and so it's almost like you know, it's it's not exactly the same thing, but it's almost like somehow you're never going to be forgiven. And that's not entirely true, right? Because if you tr- try to make amends, and it feels like James Gunn did, like he's grown as a yeah. person, he's acknowledged his mistakes, then I think mm-hmm. that's, you apologize for it properly, right? Like yeah, because re- I think it's a, it's a delicate line between holding people accountable and like crucifying them. And I think where people have like put that line is what actually creates a lot of the kind of arguments about accountability right now right where some people are really willing to forgive and some people are really not willing to ever forgive and it's hard because there's a line in between but it feels a little bit kind of self-important to be like i i know exactly where the line is and everybody else is wrong who puts it in a slightly different spot i don't know that there's yeah i guess so but i think it's there's certain things i think that should be pretty straightforward. I mean, if yeah. you don't acknowledge oh. you made a mistake, you can't. Like, there's certain nece- oh, yeah, necessary yeah, yeah. elements, right? No, I agree. I agree. So you got to acknowledge your mistake. You've got to uh, 
apologize properly. Mm-hmm. And then you make an attempt to change, and that's tied into making amends, right? So you, you try yeah. to... Uh, I mean, it's almost like AA, where you're, you, you acknowledge your mistakes, you try to make amends, but if you don't do any of that, even if you just make a big show of apologizing, that's not enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and people need to take a little bit of time to not be, like, tired of your, your crap. Like, I mean, yeah. Louis C.K. is a good example. Because, I mean, regardless of whether you think he's his new material is funny or not, and it seems like it's it's pretty, like, kind of lame, actually. And I liked Louis C.K. before. Like, I thought yeah. he was pretty funny in his show, too, right? But it yeah. seems like his newer stuff, it's relatively lame. He hasn't really apologized properly. And it's like he doesn't really recognize what his mistake was. And it's not even like he just, you know, like how some people are characterizing it, he did something bad. It's the, he admitted to sexually harassing people where he worked. Yeah. At comedy clubs, which is different because, I mean, a lot of times that's sort of the strategy, right? To deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's So, when you were younger, it's not like you could have the same awareness and be able to make the same informed consent about being in these videos, right? And appearing or not appearing. Yeah. So, how do you feel about it now that you've got a little bit of perspective looking back on it as... Like having been in the videos? Yeah, being an adult now and looking back... Uh, at the approach that we took in our videos i think it was a valuable experience i think i was at an age where um i knew people who were making youtube channels and not you know um and doing basically the same thing as we were doing and they were just kind of even more on their own and so had less sort of guidance uh as it were for <laughs> for how to go about doing it unless you know uh, i think a, a lot of the people you know making videos didn't have the same sort of actual driving force to create them and i think in a lot of ways the fact that we were doing it together and it was easy because you know we were you know a lot of the time in the same place at the same time and we could just say hey let's film a video now uh was really what allowed it to be successful in a lot of ways and i think it was a it was a I mean, it was and continues to be a really cool experience that I'm really glad I got to take part in. That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Um, and not to be like too self-congratulatory, but I mean, God, it was it, that was like a bit of a stroke of luck, right? Because when you yeah. see all the people, I would never watch our old videos though, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't recommend that anybody else does either. But oh wow! All right, so he just tagged in and he knocked us out. He must have something. I can't. I can't figure out what it is. Maybe it's a, a stun effect. Um, yeah, no, but it's because, okay, so how lucky were we to get in the space of injustice videos where there was both enough of an audience and enough of a demand and we were early enough that we could be in some ways identified with a game Mm. and have enough, like that little bit of like a critical amount of information so we could be useful to people watching yeah uh no it's incredibly lucky and uh the one thing i worried is that this um incredulity is going to be uh registered as very self-congratulatory well, that's, what I mean. that's why i want to say it's not but i think it, it makes yeah. it makes me more grateful that a lot of mm-hmm. success has nothing to do with what we're doing because there's a lot of people who could be doing exactly the same thing but it has mm-hmm. everything to do with timing oh did you ever read Malcolm Gladwell? Any of Malcolm Gladwell? Um, Outliers? I think I've read some of his stuff, yeah. So there, but not I mean, a lot. He, it turns out he's a bit of a dick, too, for a lot of other reasons. Oh, no. Yeah, it's... Yeah, oh, well, no. anyways. And maybe we can get into that at a different time, but 
what one of some one of the things that he wrote that was pretty cool. I can't remember which book it was where he talks about the expertise, right, and how it takes ten thousand hours. Yeah. But, oh right? yeah, yeah. I I know about but that. There's theory. an extension of that where, sure, it takes ten thousand hours, but a lot of it is, the luck, the opportunity. And then having had the 10,000 hours already before you actually get your opportunity. Ah, okay. So, I mean, there were other guys who, I right, so I can't remember, the, one of the examples was Bill Gates, where there's mm-hmm. a chance to create something like Microsoft, but the biggest thing was that he had already put in his time on computers before that, so that when the opportunity rose, he was prepared to take advantage of it. Yeah. So there's probably like that thousands of people. You know what I mean? That that mm-hmm. have the opportunity, or sorry, have the um, chance to to be prepared. A handful of people who have the opportunity, and then there's that you you draw this Venn diagram. There's a small intersection where the pr- right person isn't has both the skills required at the point that they get the opportunity. Right. And so I think a lot of yeah. the, the really successful entrepreneurs don't necessarily acknowledge that because it feels like when you say that, that it minimizes and dismisses the effort that they put in to get their expertise. Yeah. And and lucky for us, the thing that we were doing didn't require a lot of expertise. It, it no just expertise. required the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually reading something really interesting about this uh, in my uh, second year psych textbook or not second year second semester um where they're talking about uh there's the the big five personality traits that people are rated on and i don't remember all of them because i just read it and it's not being tested for a while so they're not committed to memory yet but um one of them i think is like there's like openness neuroticism um and stuff like that and they one of the things that they notice is that there's a cultural difference where um people in different cultures rated differently on average and it turned out that there's a decent chance that a chunk of that has to do with the way that people are raised to talk about themselves as um individuals or um as a collective so they used the example of during the olympics um somebody who won gold for america was like you know i i think i won just because i stayed focused and it was my time and i knew that i could beat them and you know i i put my all into it and then i did and the person who won for japan said like you know i have i had the like the one of the best coaches in the world and a great team and all these people supported me and really it wasn't just me who won this but it was me and everybody who got me to this point and uh the the kind of general um trend in asian society to uh value collectivism more Mm -hmm. whereas in north america we tend to be a lot more individual oh exceptionalism not yeah like as a country but also as individuals yeah, so I think uh, part of that too is that uh, probably a lot of the entrepreneurs we hear from are, you know, English-speaking North Americans just because, and, you know, a lot of English-speaking white North Americans also coincidentally are the people who are getting a lot of the opportunities to be successful entrepreneurs. Sure. Uh, so when when you talk about those people on average saying, hey, uh, I did a really good job and that's why I got it and not there was a lot of factors leading up to this. Right. Uh, it's a little bit of that kind of ind- the individualistic nature of North American society. And I think this is one of those cases where, you know, they're both kind of true, right? 
Yeah. Like if you don't have the individual making the effort. Oh, but it's funny in sports. All right, so let me get let me finish making this point. So it's it's true. They, they there is a lot of support. Very few people do it in isolation. That they don't have a supporting mm-hmm. team, especially now where there's the nutritionist, the kinesiologist, massage yeah. therapist, a trainer, all that stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. but the, it also takes a special individual to take advantage of that opportunity, right? Somebody who's got the ability. I can't imagine that. Um, let me think. I'm trying to think of an athlete. Like, you know, just because you have the training and the mm-hmm. expertise that somehow you could become Usain Bolt, right? That you could run fast as fast as he does. Oh, God, It's a special yeah. intersection, right? Between ability and opportunity. Mm-hmm. But Where it's not just one and it's not just the other. That's right. Right. But it feels, um, I don't know, it feels a little bit ungrateful if you take it to either extreme, right? Or to the, the one extreme where it's individual... Because oh he, oh look, look look this team is totally our team at a higher level with exactly the same gear loadout. This is going to be fun and this is going to illustrate the point the fight that you don't get to see if you're listening to it as a podcast but if you're watching it as a YouTube video that mm-hmm. um, why having a person playing the same team at lower stats at a slight disadvantage across the board is much much better. Mm just because you've got a person controlling. So he's he's got high enough health that our first special did not do enough to, to knock him out. And we're going to be in trouble if Wonder Woman tags in too soon. This is unfortunate for our podcast listening audience. I want to apologize. Yeah. Oh, there she is. Oh, oh, and she, all right, so she generated enough distance so that she did a special one instead of a special two so that we survived Wonder Woman. Our Wonder Woman's knocking her out. And Viola. Okay, so, sorry, what point were we making? Uh, I've lost it. I, I've lost a train of thought. Oh, oh, individualism versus collectivism. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, and maybe it plays into, I mean, it feels like it's very much um, adjacent to the idea of privilege versus not privilege, right? Yeah. And maybe it is called, I don't know. But sports teams, for example, I see there's something different too. Have you noticed when people follow sports teams? Because I do this too. If the team wins, we won. But if they if, if yeah. the team loses, they lost. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's wanting to feel like a part of something bigger when it's good, and not wanting to be part of it when it fails. <laughs> that was a cool fight. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I. <laughs> you're right. Where it's like not wanting to. Well, I think uh, if you're in the text that I was reading, they were talking about how if you're a collectivist, you understand that. Uh, there are certain things that aren't necessarily you. So it's not that you didn't have a part in your, your losses, but you also aren't the whole of your losses. So, um, you know, it's it's easier to attribute both. If you're attributing success and failure both to the group and you as a part of the group, but not just you, it's a lot easier to take those both kind of in stride without, you know, being too uh, either egotistical or too devastated. But if you're ta- like looking at it from like a really kind of individual perspective, uh, your successes and failures say something about you. So it's a lot harder to take failure. So it makes it easier to, it makes you want to blame it on external factors. Uh, and your successes are how you, you lift yourself up. Right. So you, you want to take full credit for them. Right. So there, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy where um, it's more important that you actually do take full credit for your successes because that's how you, uh, you know, you protect your ego. It, it, 
that yeah that, that that's one of the ways that you uh like kind of determine your own right. value Ooh, i love when they dodge special too because it gives us a chance to generate more power all right so this is related to i mean i I've, have i told you a story how i've met george rr R. martin i did right Yes, you have, and I think you told the story on the podcast. Okay, too. so then I won't. Maybe I won't get into it again about meeting him, and there was barely any people, so you lined up twice, got all your books yeah, signed. It, I think that might have been in the bonus okay, episode, but, actually. I mean, that was the the one thing about George R. R. Martin that's interesting to me because I I read his blog every once in a while, and I would yeah. love to ask like to, to when I, when I meet him if I were to meet him again and actually had the chance to talk to him, which seems like it's not possible because of just the way mm-hmm. his public events are run now. But if I mm-hmm. thought of this when I met him way back when, and it's related to the point we're talking about, about sports team and how people identify with it, he loves football. And he loves, yeah. I believe he loves the New York team. So he uh, loves the Giants. And there's another New York team. And this is awful because I don't follow football. I follow basketball and baseball. I don't follow football. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still curious, though, because the idea that he, he loves these teams, despite the fact that the people on the team when he first followed them are almost certainly all gone. The mm-hmm. owners may be the same, maybe not, but the the people that are involved in actually competing and in winning or losing yeah. the games, all different. So what is it about the teams and the way they're marketed or sold or is it just the colors or is it the the mascot like there's something about the team Mm -hmm. that engenders a lot of loyalty right and i think people can maybe answer this in the comments just from their own personal perspective i think this is a question that almost anybody uh can answer who likes sports well and if for at least for them personally and if anybody's at a signing that george r R. martin does please ask him this question and let us know what he says and (laughs) if you do ask him let him know that we were the ones that were wanted to know not that he'll know us Uh, but um i'm just honestly like it's just I'm I'm really really curious now. Like you know, everybody can yeah. ask him about Game of Thrones and stuff. I mean, there's going to be a ton of questions, mm-hmm. but a lot of it ends up being rehashed, right? And there's mm-hmm. people on the forums that speculate about the plot twists and what's going to happen eventually that um, are way more deeply into it than we are and can probably speak more intelligently mm-hmm. about all the clues that have been left behind. But I really want to know yeah. how he feels about the sports team and what he thinks it is, because I wonder if this is the sort of same kind of tribalism that's really that we're watching, like from outside in Canada, looking in on the states, for example, where it's mm. really sort of tearing them apart, and that you know, I mean, there's there's the hints of it. This, I, lo- I love the word mm-hmm. adjacent, right? Because it applies to so many things. Like it's adjacent to kind of racism and sexism and all that kind of stuff. Where is yeah. it that you feel like that you need to stick up for your own a little bit? Yeah, and I, th- I think to some extent that's hardwired into us, the sort of, like, us and them mentality. And I think it's, in kind of the modern world, I think it is largely, if not entirely, unnecessary mm. and often damaging. I- I'm sure you would be able to find uh, compelling examples where it's actually valuable, uh, but I think there's a lot of times where that, like... Well- Kind it protects of. you from strangers, forming a group right? is really damn. Yeah, that's that's true. Like it yeah. protects See, you from the potential danger of strangers, and I guess when the number of strangers is really really tiny, then it hurts mm-hmm. you, and when the number of strangers is not insignificant, then you're saving yourself a bit of grief. Yeah. So yeah, like look at these teams. But we start hitting them right some... away. Maybe they would be friendly to us if we didn't just start attacking them. Nah. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna come with you on that one. <laughs> 
Uh, we have another question here, but before we do, um, I just want to address something because I've realized just now while we were kind of talking that I forgot to respond to this comment. Uh, somebody mentioned that they also really like the Mountain Goats, and they uh, listened, asked if I listened to AJJ or um, I think it's Neutral Milk Hotel, and I've listened to a song by AJJ and really enjoyed it, and I'm aware of Neutral Milk Hotel as recommendations, but I have not as of yet, so to whoever that is, I don't remember your name right now, and I'm sorry for that, and I'm also sorry for not responding in a timely fashion. Also, let's pull it, and we'll but, put it in um, the description then. I'll, I'll, I'll dig up that comment yeah. and maybe put it in the description. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I will, I will give them a listen uh, on your behalf. <laughs> All right. So oh, there we go. And, and since to, we're just talking sort of meta stuff that's not anything prepared, we're going to have an interesting little thing. If you stick around to the end of the video, we're going to have a little interesting thing as a teaser for something that we plan on doing. I guess it'll end up being about a month from now. I mean, it's not a big deal, well, but it's just something a little bit different. Or you can skip to the end of the uh, of the video if you're listening to this on a podcast. This is not a great episode for the audio-only listeners. Yeah, that's true. Apologies. Uh, our next question. Yeah. Our next question comes from Zamino Vlogs, and they say, Can you please just tell us about the glitches at the start? I guess this isn't a question. This is, again, more of like a plea. And this is for our weekly recap videos. And our answer to this person, who is most certainly not listed into a video that does not contain specifically relevant information if they are already worried about us uh, not getting this stuff quick enough. No, we're not going to. <laughs> and we can we can explain ourselves in more detail, but it doesn't matter because the person who's asking the question isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I mean, that's a funny way to look at it, but it's absolutely We, we true. saved your question okay, so for this late in, so there was a 0% chance that we had to address it in good faith. And, and we still can. Yeah, I guess because to me, I'm... I must have said this a number of times before. The information is there, independent of our videos, and we actually work to maintain yeah. that. Right before we do it, every time, we literally say, hey, check the playlist. And if you check the playlist and read all the titles, then you don't need to watch our videos at that point. So it actually seems like it seems like one of the things that people care about more. But if you're actually listening, it's one of the easiest things to get without actually watching the video. Without having to listen to the melodious sound of our Yeah, voices. it's like actually super, super easy information to get. And if you want to, you can just click around the video. I mean, like, skip forward. I don't know exactly what the time is. I guess you could figure out what the average time we start talking about it is. And then just, you know, go yeah. in five minutes or four minutes or however, whatever number of minutes it is. And you'll you'll get it done. Um, and we are saying this to the void. There is no There is nobody currently listening who this information is relevant to. <laughs> Can, all right, so and maybe the maybe let me get meta a little bit. So I'm looking at the name. It's Zamino Vlogs, yeah. and you've told me this. V L O G is pronounced vlog. Yeah, because uh, you pronounce it like an extremely old man. Because you would say vlog, vlog, like video log. Okay, so I under I completely understand the root of the word blog comes from web log. Yeah. So it makes sense that you, but it's not W log, right? Yeah. So, I you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I say it instinctively, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to justify it after the fact. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it, it's it's good not to an admit O-log. Yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, that's true with most things, right? Like, yeah. mo most of the things I think we think fast and we come to a conclusion. And, and then we try we to, when the dust settles, we figure out right, what happened. All right, so, yeah, because you, once you've already made this, the quick thinking where you use your intuition and this is how you judge yeah. it, you have 
the you're anchored already in that idea so when you want to talk about it and explain it you you start with that and it's not an easy thing to let go of and the more i think about it though i mean it it, it would actually make sense to call them o logs right because a video log yeah is the equivalent of web log and you go blog mm-hmm. video log mm-hmm. would be o log yeah um and i think what you did here was the classic um internet mistake of making things harder to pronounce when we always try to make them easier to pronounce uh when people say the facebook uh the the or when they say internets uh where they really have to hit interwebs uh, where they have to hit the, the two intertubes when people say you know on the internets and they make it plural and it's just harder to pronounce for no reason um you know when when you say uh, www.something.com uh <laughs> Which I, I actually think you, you did that for Patreon, so I did. So that. I, it's I, the, I'm guilty as charged. It's this is not a this is not a one time mistake, and I um, maintain I said this to you in private, and now I'll say it in posterity for the video. Um, my only mistake was my clemency in allowing you to pronounce it um, for wrong for so long unchecked. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have done it. Right, because you thought you were doing me a favor, and you were actually yeah, because I, I thought I was just letting it go because I was like it can't it can't come up often enough and then i started listening to uh the the podcast oh god uh it's the john and hank green podcast what's it called uh dear hank and john um so i started listening to dear hank and john and so i was hearing much more often references to the the vlog brothers and it there it reached a breaking point and i realized that the word was coming up enough that somebody needed to set you straight and that somebody had to be me <laughs> Because it could be nobody else. Yeah. I don't think I have any other um, native guides to lead, lead me uh, out of the way. Yeah, because I think the, the main person that it would be uh, bad for is me. Because the amount that you say vlog outside of uh, hearing me casually <laughs> listening to Dear Hank and John is probably almost never. So It's zero. It literally is zero. So, so really, you would just get some, at, at worst, you would say it in a context where everybody was like, what? Why? Why are you saying it like that? Probably just quietly to themselves and be like, "Wow, that that person uh, is pronouncing that word wrong." But uh, really, I was the, I was the only one suffering, and uh, I was allowing <laughs> you to remain in ignorance, and that was that was my error, and I take full responsibility now. I just wish it didn't have to come to this. You know, it really reached a breaking point. And um, that takes us to the end of the video. <laughs> it really does. There we go. Um. So. Why don't we... um... Well, first off, we can tell people how they can support us. If you want to support us, you can go to https colon double backslash www.patreon.com slash bdckr. That's Patreon. And that'll bring you to our Patreon. Or you can go to patreon.com slash bdckr if you are a youth. If you're... (laughs) A youth. And and we want to thank our patrons who are already supporting us because without their support i think we would have been much more reluctant to cannibalize our own views by setting this up as a podcast where people don't actually have to come to youtube and where we get zero income but that's okay that's true and it would also uh have just made a bunch of little decisions uh we would have been just a little more doubtful of how valuable other people found our content and how worth it it was to people other than us for us to keep making stuff uh, so that's that's really great, and that's uh. So we need to give a huge thank you to Console Peasant, Eddie G, and Edwin Felix, who are supporting us at the highest last word tier. I profit 
also known as iProfit3 on the YouTubes, who is supporting us at the Your Message Here tier, and Sean Farrell and Daniel Simonson, who are supporting us on the credited level. Uh, thank you and guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. So much for watching. <laughs> We're not going to be able to sync this up. We got we got to take it again. You can you can do the outro. We'll, we'll one more time, one more time from the top. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.